0: All right, so welcome back to Concord Sessions podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm Kevin.
1: I'm Adrian. This is Mandy.
0: And we have the joy of hearing from Mandy today about her her story with healing. So,
2: so let's just jump right in. Um, just a little brief backstory for all of us. We have all been going through kind of a long season of learning about healing and God's heart for healing. And so, um, this episode you'll hear from Mandy and. Uh, Kevin and I will plan to do another episode where we talk about our journey over the last three or four years, too. So, without further ado,
1: here's Mandy. Hello, again. So, um, I just wanted to share, I feel like it's important to share about what I've learned the past few years about healing, because in my life, it's not been something I really thought about, um... I have something called hyperhidrosis, and not a lot of people know what that is or have heard of it, but my hands and feet sweat quite a bit. And I don't mean just a little bit, because usually when I mention it to people, they're like, oh yeah, I might do that sometimes, like when I'm wearing boots, or oh yeah, sometimes when I'm holding hands, they'll sweat a little bit. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, we're talking like drastic <laughs> amounts of sweat here. And not all the time. I mean, it comes and goes. So like depending on mood or... um If I'm hot, I'll sweat a lot. If I'm working out, my hands and feet will sweat a lot. And um, so it's just not something that's like... It's embarrassing, so it's not easy to talk about. And um, so this condition is uh, pretty rare. I didn't even know the name of it until a few years ago when I was looking it up. And I found a website that had a um, bunch of information about what it is and how it's it affects three percent of the population i think it it started out as one but now it's three percent i think and um there's not really a cure and there's not um there's not like a pill or anything you can take to to help the situation so there are a few things you can do there's um botox you can get injected in your hands can't get in your feet because it's too painful but it's a expensive treatment because you have to get a bunch of shots in your hands. Most insurance companies don't cover it. Um, there's another form of like a therapeutic method. Um, but this, it's this machine that you like put your hands and feet in water and it shocks you and it's supposed to create like this extra layer of protective skin. So basically just traps the the sweat in, but that's, that's only forms of treatment I know of growing up. I don't know, probably about the age of 10. Growing up, I didn't realize that that was abnormal until probably about middle school. And I would see people's reactions, like if I shook their hand or did a high five, they're like, what the heck? Why is your hand so sunny? (laughs) Or like, why is your hand wet? Um, So as I grew up, I just got really self-conscious about it. And of course, you're self-conscious about everything when you're a teenager. So it was like magnified for me. And we had moved to like a new state, Uh, my family did. And I think like, I just got so self-conscious about it. And and it was like how I'll make friends. And it really affected my self-worth. And I think I just, as the years went by, I didn't really process that very well. And I just kind of accepted like, that's, this is the way things are. This is who I am. And yeah, so it just got pretty bad, I'd say, as far as like it affecting my self-worth and I had social anxiety, and it was just all kind of, like, tied together. And it's taken me many years. Anyway, so I would say before, as far as healing goes, I didn't think about it much. Like, I was a Christian. I believed God. You know, you read stories in the Bible, and you're like, God is a God of miracles. But the miracles in the Bible seemed like I felt detached from them. And I didn't feel like my problem was a big enough problem that God would heal me. So I never thought to really, like, ask for it. I just thought, if he wanted to heal me, he would do it, you know?
0: Was healing something that was talked about a lot as you grew up in, in church and stuff?
1: Well, I we went to a Baptist church, so no. <laughs> in my experience, no. Uh, nobody really talked about We kind of—I mean, they shared those stories, but, like, in my experience, nobody really talked about healing. For today. Or prayed to healing for other people the church. I mean, if somebody was sick or something. Right me had cancer, they would pray, but, like, it wasn't practiced, I would say. So, where was I at? Oh, yeah, so I just hadn't thought about it much. Um, nobody really was an example of what that looked like to pray for healing or to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'd say probably my friend Melissa came into our lives. Like, all three of us know her. And she grew up in what I'd call a more charismatic background, and she was used to praying for healing, so so she came into our lives and was just, like, talking about it and how she's healed of things, and I just never—I mean, I would listen to her and, like, believe it for her, of course, but still, it, it didn't really affect me much. Um, and then I wouldn't say it was until Kevin and Adrian had their daughter Naomi, and they'll talk about that in another podcast, but it wasn't until they started praying for Naomi, and we were all praying for Naomi that, I, that one day— um, I was in my room, and I felt like God said, Mandy, why haven't you asked me for this? And I was just like, what? And <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't really have much response, honestly, but he just said it very gently and not condemning in any way. And so since that point, I just have sought out like what it meant for me to ask people to, to pray for me and to contend for that in my life and believe that God wants to heal me.
0: I think that's so cool. Like Mandy said, we'll talk about this in another podcast. We'll share yeah. our story. But I just wanted to say about Naomi, like I feel like when she was born, God has been doing this thing and people like of just mm-hmm. calling people to step outside of the box they grew up in and like just to believe in a, in a bigger God and, and a miraculous God.
2: I was going to ask you, how do you feel like your view of God as a good God has shifted from like say that training point when Naomi was born, where it actually became something that... God wanted to start talking to you about? How did mm-hmm. you view him before as a good dad versus after? Like, I don't know if that question makes sense, but...
1: I think I would say, like, it definitely came from a place of, like, growing in depth, more deep in my relationship with him. Along the way, it wasn't just, like, I think I made it sound like it just one day it clicked. Right. But it, But it's not like that. It was, like, a slow process of daily believing more and more that God wants to heal everybody and it's not just for like one person who has like cancer or one person who has not that that i mean any issue that anybody has it's important to god for healing and that's why jesus died on the cross so that we can all that we can all be whole Mm -hmm. and i believe that physically and emotionally in our souls too so yeah i think for me it's like all wrapped up and i think all people too like when god heals you physically i think it touches your soul, too. It's, like, healing everywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: So how do you think you would have responded had other people wanted to pray for your healing, like, before this revelation of God wanting to heal you?
1: I think I would have been really weirded out and not really—I I don't think I would have known what to think about it. Probably not very receptive, either, of it. But now I feel like I have such a heart that I just want to go out and pray for people. Um... With this revelation, and with this growth, in this season. So yeah, I'm just excited to go out and pray for people, or whatever whatever they need healing for. Or friends, or family, anyone. Yeah. And that kind of
2: brings me to another question, and that as you're still contending for your healing, do you feel like God has made it more aware to you that he wants to heal your heart? I mean, he wants to heal your body, obviously. Yeah. But he wants your heart to be completely healed and reconciled to his heart even in the process of waiting for the healing
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's been um a journey of like it started with praying for healing but it's turned into like really just fighting fear Mm. and believing in self-worth for me because it was wrapped up in like I'm not worthy of God's miracles basically Mm. so it's been like a journey of feeling like he loves me he loves me so much that he if this problem bothers me then it bothers him and so it's been a journey of walking through a lot of fear and that's still a daily daily thing like some days are really good some days not so much (laughs) you know
0: do you feel like some of that insecurity started back when you were younger when kids would would kind of mock your situation and and say things
1: i mean i really i think it was more me not not anybody else like okay I wasn't, like, made fun of or anything, but I kept it, like, I was so shamed that I would just try to hide and talk about it. I hardly talked to my family about it. Like, my, I mentioned it to my brother a few months ago. He didn't even know that I had hyperhidrosis because I've kept it such a secret in my life mm. and just thought, well, I'll just avoid handshakes. I'll just avoid social interactions where I don't have to shake people's hands. Like, so I've just been so afraid of any, any situations like that. That it's caused me to have social anxiety. Yeah. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I'm also on a on a journey of overcoming social anxiety and uh, just trying to figure out where did that come from and how how did that take root in my life? Yeah. I don't know if it was from my experiences at school with with other kids or if it was kind of something that I more did to myself that I just didn't. I was just curious about that how that how that played out in your life.
1: I would just say that I for me I think I think I listened to the lies that I was told in my head. Yeah. And then I believed them
2: yeah. about myself,
1: even though they're not true. Like, I believed because you have this condition, um, people aren't going to love you. Like, that's really the main lie I believed. Yeah. And that's why I feared, like, people knowing, because then they won't love me, or they'll think I'm weird, they'll think I'm gross.
0: I'm glad you said that, because it's not necessarily, like, actual people, but the but our enemy, Satan, like, can, can yeah. lie to us. And
1: and he knows our our deepest weaknesses Mm -hmm. and uses them against us and he doesn't fight fair and so of course he's going to use this thing
2: that's different you know. I think what he does is takes that weakness and like magnifies it times a million to the person who's struggling with it because on the outside people probably wouldn't think twice about your condition or like Mm -hmm. I mean I don't
1: know. Why would they? Why would they?
2: (laughs) I don't know like it just doesn't seem like anything people would be grossed out by, or, like, even, like, I can't hang out with this person because her hands are sweaty. You know? So, I'm like, Satan just takes that insecurity in us and then just, like, magnifies it to the point where we start projecting his lies onto other people. Yeah. And they've never even made us feel like that or said right. anything like that.
1: Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. Like, one of the places, so growing up, I went to church. I go to church now. But when I'm at church, it's like, it affects me the most in my, I'm like warring inside my head most of the time when I'm at church. It's like, I'm so afraid they're going to be like, hey, let's pray and hold hands at any moment that that's all I can think about when I'm at church. Mm. And so sometimes I just hate going because I'm like, I'm just not going to be able to focus. I can't get these thoughts out of my head. I'm like, so afraid. And then that makes my hands sweat worse. It's just terrible. Mm. (laughs) That is
0: kind of a weird church thing. I've never liked that either. I don't have your condition, but I've never liked the holding hands with with strangers or even friends.
1: Okay, I can't focus on the prayer. It's like, I just want to run out of the room when I hear that. Like, let's join Hands Across the aisles. Let's not. There's a lady who just ran out of the room, and it was me. (laughs) I've never actually done that, but that's what I feel like I want to do every time.
2: Well, I was going to ask you, so what does it look like for you now to be passionate about healing,
1: oh yeah good point
2: as you're waiting as you're contending it for it yourself, and how does that affect your viewpoint of God in that we believe scripture is the ultimate truth, and so even if our circumstances are opposite of what you're reading in scripture it's, it's we still hold scripture in a higher esteem, and so how do you um Like reconcile the waiting process where you're not healed yet and other people that you're praying for haven't been healed yet. That's not to say they won't and that you won't because we believe that that you will. But just curious how you reconcile that with your faith in God and and talking to other people about it and your conviction and healing.
1: Well, I will say first that sometimes when I get discouraged and I'm not healed yet I have to think back and I'm like okay well God wouldn't say why haven't you asked me for healing yet if he didn't intend if he didn't have a heart for my life so right I remind myself of that a lot and I believe that for other people it just has given me a passion that if God wants to do this in my life then I believe he wants to do it for every person um like I said before I think that's why Jesus I mean that's why do you stay on the cross is so that we can have heaven here and yeah, that we'd be saved. And, but I think right now, okay, well, right now, since I'm not healed, um, it's, it's still struggle. I'll be honest about that. It's not like it's easy. Right. It's not easy saying, hey, God, <laughs> you brought this to my attention. It's actually been like a little bit harder at moments, if I'm being honest, because it's like God brought this to my attention. I know it's attainable. Mm-hmm. But I'm more aware of it now, right? So I've I've kind of gone through a lot of emotions where I'm where some days I'm like, why? My condition feels worse today. Like I'm just sweaty all day, mm-hmm. and I just feel very uncomfortable, like physically. I feel uncomfortable in my own skin, right? And and then it causes me anxiety because. <laughs> And, like, think I'm so focused on the healing. Mm -hmm. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, I I feel like sometimes now I'm, like, it's still by my doing. Like, there's something I still need to be doing, even though that's not true. Yeah. So I've had to fight now to not feel that way. And just something that me and Kevin and Adrian talk about is, um, well, Kevin keeps saying the pressure's off. Mm -hmm. Because it is. I mean... Healing is not by my doing. I don't know how I'd ever think that, but it but it is like my mind starts going there. It's like, I need to do this or I need to do this, I need this person to pray for me or I, I just haven't prayed enough about it or god God wants things lined up in my life before i'll be before I' be healed, none of that is true yeah. so but I'm also like coming to a place where I'm, I feel like being thankful in my circumstances is very important because it's given me. It's just given me a compassion, a heart for other people. And it's humbled me yeah. <laughs> that, like, my, li- I don't have, my life is not perfect. I don't have everything figured out. I have flaws. And I, I think it easily makes it relatable for me to other people. Right. Who are struggling with something. Like, other, when I meet other people who have anxiety, I immediately, like, my heart just, like, goes out to that person because I can relate so much. And I do feel strongly that God... That we can be free from that, and that God wants us to live a life of freedom. Yeah.
0: So do you feel like your situation... Well, I guess for me, it's different on different days. But, like, -hmm. uh, some days my situation, or situation with Naomi, like, propels me into love and prayer for other people. Mm -hmm. Other days, I'm so frustrated with not seeing progress with her that I, I don't want to pray for other people, so... Yeah, same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, some days I feel very distracted, and I get frustrated with myself, and then... I think it's important to remember that we have grace in right. <laughs> those moments, and some days I'm just like, it's grace, you know. There's enough grace for today to mm-hmm. make it through. I'm very frustrated. I'm very sweaty. Um, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want right. to go lay hands on anybody because they're gross. <laughs> like that's really the thoughts that go through my head. The person's not gross. No, they're not gross, but I'm <laughs> like, I feel gross.
2: So, would you say that this act of thankfulness to God is what? keeps you coming back to his heart for you like it recenters you when you spend time in gratitude to -hmm. remind yourself of God's heart
1: and that he wants to heal yeah I'd say so I will say like the days that I feel most at peace my condition is not is better right so I know there's like something there to that right and it's when I'm feeling anxious and fearful that it's worse what do you think your biggest fear of hyperhidrosis is or like
2: when you have that feeling of fear what is it is it like a timeline like oh no i'm never gonna be healed or is it just how it's affecting your everyday life or kind of a combination of all that stuff What that spurs on the fear and anxiety
1: I just I I find for myself I have a very active imagination so <laughs> which is great but it's also like a curse <laughs> um, because I like to imagine all these situations that are gonna happen to me like I want to become a teacher so I, then I imagine when I'm a, when I'm a teacher I'm gonna have to do teacher conferences and I'm gonna have to like meet people and shake mm-hmm. their hands and so it's like these kind of situations yeah. go through my head and so lately I've just had to be like listen. Mandy you can't do this to yourself you can't just like make up all these stories that haven't even happened and be fearful about these moments that haven't even come to pass right does that answer yeah okay
2: yeah it just like becomes like a vicious cycle or like a domino effect where it's like you entertain one thought and Mm -hmm. then it just like yeah escalates into this huge out of proportion scenario that has not even happened yet yeah Yes. And it's easy to get on that train and just keep going until you just, like, explode.
0: That's, like, the goal of the enemy is to keep us imprisoned by these things. Yeah. 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 Keep us distracted and keep us from being fruitful.
2: And I appreciate what you said earlier about how it's a daily decision for you. I think Mm -hmm. some people get into the mindset where you just kind of make up your mind once and for all. And maybe some people have the grace to do that. I don't know, but... I think it is a daily decision and sometimes like honestly a minute by minute decision to keep believing that. Yeah. What God what God says in his word and and his character and who he is is true and to keep deciding to believe that regardless of what is happening cuz it's so easy to fall into that temptation mm-hmm. when you're having a really bad day and your anxiety is through the roof and it just feels like impossible
1: to even mm-hmm. center yourself. Yeah. I mean I definitely have those moments where it feels kind of impossible because I'm so anxious. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for example, some mornings you said something like you make a decision once and for all like like I I have had people say to me, "Well, you just say, you just believe that it, you don't have this." Or you know, you don't have this condition. I'm like, "Well, it's kind of hard to to say that when I wake up sweaty, okay? Cuz first of all, like there's nothing I was doing. I'm just laying there. I'm asleep. Right. And if I wake up sweaty, obviously it's not just, it's not just by my decision. It's not anything I can do. Right. So And I think that's like God doesn't want
2: us to be in denial about our situation. Yeah. Like there's right. a there's a difference between being honest and being in in a place of despair, I think. Like you can say, I have hyperhidrosis, but I believe Mm. Mm-hmm that that's not what defines me. I believe God's heart is to heal. Somebody spoke at our church one time, and she said even Jesus got to the point where he was so anxious. He was sweating blood before he was about Mm. to die, and he was honest with God, and he said, God, is there any other way? Like, I do not want to die. And he got to this place of despair in, like, the darkest time of Jesus' life. And I have a hard time um, not being frustrated with that, theology where we're not allowed to be honest about our condition
1: mm-hmm.
2: because Jesus was honest with God right about his condition and I think we have to be honest so that God can bring us to that place of hope again and like promise and he doesn't ever want us to stay in that valley of despair. He wants to, to bring us through that but he also doesn't want us to be in denial about what is happening in our lives and how difficult it is.
1: Well, would you want any re- in any relationship, would you want the other person to be in denial of how they felt in a moment? You know, right. like Jesus cares about us so much; He wants to know everything we're feeling and right and be with us in those moments. Right. So yeah, I don't feel like me just saying, "No, I don't have this. This is gonna be any mm-hmm. good for me, right?" And for my relationship with Jesus, because I I feel like yeah, like you're saying, honesty is so key. Right. To well, it's. I feel like it's really helped me, like, being honest, okay, I have this issue, I have social anxiety. Like, realizing those things and being honest with Jesus, or if I'm upset about something is, is, like, the first step into me growing past that, or, like, working through it. Yeah.
0: I think yeah, and you can get, the problem with, with, like, kind of the legalistically being positive thing is like, yeah, because it's, it it can get legalistic, and, like, you can get almost caught in this fear-based kind of pattern where you're like, "Oh, if I say the wrong thing, then it's going to happen," or right. if I if I have the wrong attitude, then I'm going to I'm going to mess my life up. You don't want to get into a, a lifestyle and a pattern of thinking where you're constantly negative and expecting bad things to happen, but also you don't want to get into a situation where you, you can't be honest like Jesus was in the garden. So and uh,
2: not only that, but I feel like. You start putting more power to the negative things that you say instead of what God says. Like, oh, no, if I say that I have hyperhidrosis, if I say that Naomi has brain damage, that's going to, like, put a curse on my entire life, and God's promises are not strong enough to penetrate every negative Mm -hmm. thing I just said. I lived in that prison for a long time, and I know just how damaging it is to the spirit. Because yeah. it does put it all back on you. And it has nothing to do with God's grace and His gift and His heart for you.
0: Yeah. So it's one thing to to be legalistic in it that way. But it's another thing to give yourself to hope and give yourself... Totally. To, uh, meditate on the promises. Meditate on truth.
2: Yeah. Because I think when you are feeling in that place of despair, it is easy to give into that. And like just mm-hmm. you don't want to hear... God wants to heal you and this is God's promises yeah. to you and God is good and blah blah blah. But the truth is is that's the stuff we need to be
1: mm-hmm.
2: reminding ourselves of during those hard times. Right. But also you need to be around people who just have compassion on you mm-hmm. and can just learn to be with you and yeah. Yeah, and just listen. Yeah, I agree. That's a kind of just a balance. A little concoction of a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Earlier, one of you guys said that uh, Jesus cares about everybody's needs. Like, one need isn't greater than the other. Mm-hmm. Cancer is not greater than high-right justice or whatever. Um, right. I'm just always reminded of the of the man with the shriveled hand. Jesus goes into the synagogue and sees this man with a shriveled hand, and then the Pharisees want to try to trap him and say, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" And he says, "Who of you if has if you have a sheep that falls into a pit, would you you know get it out on the Sabbath?" And he said, how much more valuable is, is this man? Jesus sees a, a shriveled hand as so valuable. And, yeah, so any, any situation is valuable to Jesus. And then he, heal, then he heals the guy. But then the Pharisees are like, okay, let's figure out how to kill Jesus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they
1: plot for his life.
2: They do. And then Jesus disappears into a crowd probably after that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I was telling you this, Adrian. I don't. It was the other day. Where was I? I was somewhere, and I had like this epiphany. Maybe you can remind me of where I was, because right now I can't remember. But I remember telling you this. So I was like, "Hey, why can't I just love myself the way I am? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why am I like waiting for this moment to be healed before I can do the things I want to do or like live my life fully? I just haven't ever really had this strong acceptance of my condition, I guess. So you know, it just hit me when I was out and about, just thinking. You know, I just need to own it, and if somebody has a problem with me, I just need to, because of it, of like, okay, that would be dumb, but I just need to accept that, you know, this is the way it is for now, Mm -hmm. and it's more about me just loving me for the way I am, even if it's not perfect, and not, you know, a lot of it's about me comparing myself to others, right? Mm -hmm. So, how much more beautiful would it be for me to just accept, (laughs) in this moment, like, each moment every day that I have this condition and that I'm still going to live my life and forget you, Satan, Mm -hmm. like, get out of my head and get out of my thoughts and I'm going to be happy and just love myself the way I am. I'm going to appreciate my body is what I'm trying to say. Right. In a roundabout way. Yeah. And I think
2: that's an important place to be because there's a difference between, like, being content and being satisfied, mm-hmm. like God wants to content. And it's, I believe it's a hundred percent possible to be content mm-hmm. as we're waiting for healing or contending for whatever yeah. it is. But knowing with that knowledge of like, I still believe God mm-hmm. fully intends to heal me, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want my life to be on hold until right. that healing comes. Yeah. So that's awesome. Revelation.
1: Yeah, like, I think I I kind of felt like my life was kind of on hold until I get healed. I'm like, no. Right. Like, how sad would that be? Mm
2: -hmm. It reminds me of um, Melissa Helser. She was talking about one day, she's got a chronic condition, I'm not sure what it is, but she just looks in the mirror every day and she's like, all right, Jesus, today could be the day, Mm -hmm. do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I just love that mindset where you just take the control off yourself and be like, I'm going to just live my life today and... Obviously, we pray the healing comes today. Yeah, but you're you're God, and we trust your timing and do whatever you want today. Yeah, break through, but do whatever you want. So yeah. I it's love beautiful. her story because
0: it puts it puts it back in in God's hands because mm-hmm. she was healed. She was miraculously healed at one point, and then her situation came back years later,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: she's like, okay, why, why am I not getting the same result as before? Right. And yeah, to, to have to struggle through that, like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> right. But it's not you, it's God.
2: Mm-hmm. And I believe, like, there's another side where I, I totally believe that if there's something that you need to do, like forgive somebody or whatever, God's going to highlight that to you. It's not going to be something mm-hmm. that you're going to have to strive after for months, years, because right. God wants you to have what he paid for more than you want it. Yeah, totally. So it's not just going to be this wrestling forever to try to figure out what it is if there's if there actually is something that needs to happen in your life it's going to be made aware to you it's not going to be by your own efforts yeah. so Holy Spirit is going to empower whatever shift needs to happen yeah to get what is God's and yours yeah, yeah totally it's good stuff
0: it's just just a day by day listening to the spirit and Absolutely. walking with him you're not gonna miss it No. Because God is good. He's going to show you. So.
2: Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. If you could just have, not one piece of (laughs) advice, but just like a word of encouragement today for anybody who is contending for any kind of breakthrough and has kind of felt hung up on whatever it is, how would you encourage them into hope
1: today? That's a good word. My favorite word for all seasons is hope. Um... Yeah, don't forget there is hope. Um, today might be hard, but there's grace for each moment. And you're stronger than you think you are.
2: Yeah.
1: And you have Jesus. That's right.
2: Keep fighting the good fight.
1: Keep fighting the good fight, everybody. Yeah. So should we pray? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Guys, thanks for listening. And we're going to pray. And then uh, we'll see you guys next time. Who wants to pray?
2: I will. Okay, Adrian's going to pray. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, we love you, and we just so appreciate and are so thankful for everything you have done for us and did for us on the cross. Um, on the cross, you swallowed up all sickness, all pain, all fear and death, and uh, you just destroyed it when you rose again. And uh, God, I just pray that you would give us all a fresh, fresh revelation of what is available to us through you and your kingdom Mm -hmm. and God I pray that everybody listening would just um, receive a deposit of your love today a deposit of your peace and your hope and God that you would begin speaking to them in the ways that they hear you and highlighting things even louder to them and giving them fresh words of hope and encouragement so they can keep pressing on and pressing in Um, to the next level that you have for them. Mm -hmm. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. See you later.
1: Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening.